Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ron has left his post early in the show to adjust the TV. He's switching the TV even as we speak. It's very dramatic. Ron, are you still basking in the glow of our field trip to the Hall of Fame? I'm wearing a Hall of Fame hat. Look over here. Oh, is that one of the ones you bought? Yes, it you was. You had the ski, uh, the ski hat of the New Orleans Saints as well. I'm a sucker for souvenirs. I think yes. you spent like $300 for each of those hats. 180 so. including the sweatshirt, yes. <laughs> Joe, it was an absolute joy to ride an hour, 50 minutes one way with you and an hour, 50 minutes back. I had multiple friends Asked me how I survived. They said, did he, <laughs> did he sing the whole way? Uh, was he outrageous? And I said, no, it was actually a very pleasant ride. Except for the one little incident on the way there. Well, yeah, right? that we had a little trouble, yeah. That would have been real ugly if we hadn't found a roadside But it was fun bathroom. to do, a, a nice road trip. We've only done a couple of them in all the time we've been doing this. And Man, was the Hall of Fame cool or what? Still, I honestly still am basking in the glow of that trip. And as a bonus, we got to see Nelly there, and he has his Iona sweatshirt on today, Ron. Most famous Iona grad, Jeff Ruland. Uh, yeah, you know who else right? coached there, right? Jim Tino? Val- Jim Valvano. Jim Valvano, that's right. Coached there. But I, I remember talking to Jim Valvano in the basement bowels of uh, Fitzgerald Fieldhouse after Iona played at Pitt. I remember that vividly. How about that? Nellie, can you describe your Iona experience in five words or less? Rick Patino, COVID, nothing. Doesn't sound memorable, Ron. No, or in some ways, I guess it was. It was. It was. I got there, and I was in the grad school program for sports, so we did like interviews with the players, and Rick Patino just got hired, so we all got excited that we get to interview Rick Patino, you know, a coaching legend, and then. COVID. COVID hits, yeah. And we never saw him. And all these years later, all it amounted to you was was producing for the Cook and Joe show. And then he here. bailed out on Iona to go to St. John's, right? Yeah, he did. He, there, I'm, I don't like Patino for other reasons, but yeah, that was, well, we all knew that he was going to leave. He wasn't going to be there forever. No, it was like a two-year transition, then he was going to go somewhere else. You know where, what I also remember about Patino is I was covering a Big East tournament when he was at Providence. He had that real good team. Yeah. And I chased him out on the street of Manhattan. He was going to get on a bus. Rick, do you got a minute? And he actually talked to me for he did? 30 seconds or whatever. I remember doing a story that neither him nor Jamie was happy to talk about. I think I told you this recently. Maybe off the air. I can't remember. He plopped himself right behind the pit bench for a Big East game. Do you remember that? I do not. 
Very, very unusual. Imagine Jim Calhoun sitting two rows behind the Syracuse bench when Jim Beheim was coaching. Very conspicuous, right? This is very odd. So I asked Patino about it. He didn't like the question. And then I asked Jamie about it. And he really didn't like it. Well, he smiled and said, we're friends. Yeah, okay. So you're going to sit behind the Louisville bench for their game tomorrow? Get out of here with this, Ron. Get out of here. Patino was trying to intimidate Pitt by sitting two rows behind their bench, and they wound up beating him. You know who had a good game? Who? I can't remember. Not Gilbert Brown. Gilbert Brown? Maybe it was Gilbert Brown who had a good game. God, I miss that, Ron. Don't you? The Big East Tournament. It's my all-time favorite event. All-time. I truly do. Let's talk football, shall we? It's off the top. Brought to you by J.P. Roofing and Siding. And let's get right to Mr. Kneecap himself, Dan Campbell. And he's taken a ton of heat today. In my mind, people are really complicating this needlessly, Ron. Needlessly complicating the issue. Oh, there's all this that went into it and the fumble and the, and, and the drop and the other drop. And, and, and he did this all year. I don't care if he did it all his life, and I'm a go-for-it kind of yes, guy. Yes, you are, much more so than me. Yes, you are. Well, the whole NFL is that way. Andy Reid went for it. Uh, Sean McDermott goes for it. John Harbaugh goes for it in his own territory. But when you have a chance to make a two-score game a three-score game with a 45-yard field goal on a beautiful day, with about 20, less than 22 minutes left. A quarter and a half. In the NFC Championship game, what the hell are you doing? The game, very, a lot of games we pick a turning point. Was it there? Was it there? This game turned at that moment. That moment combined with the with the face mask catch uh, right after it, except that was only first and 10. So who's to say the Niners don't drive down the field anyway? They had pretty good field position. Just, in my mind, Ron, an, an insane, idiotic decision yeah, it, it that cost them the game. It, it was. Um, you can stick the analytics up your butt sometimes. You have to read the room, if you will, read the time. You go up 17 with a quarter and a half to go, and it changed the whole game. It, it, I, I'm with you. I didn't even like when he went through it, it earlier in the third quarter when he went for it. Well, that was later, yeah. Uh, oh, the one later. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. That would have tied the game, right? Yeah. Um, I You take points, and I always quote Chuck Knoll, you know, who I grew up watching, and he always said if they're going to give you points, you take them. And I, he must be rolling in his grave saying what happened there. Cause, well, he uh, must be rolling in his grave every week in yeah, the NFL because, yeah, because it's a fourth down lead It's now. the analytics. of I get it. But uh, I feel bad. Detroit, the fans there, they had a chance to win that game. You know, it was uh, a chance. They were ahead 24 to 7. And it could have been 27 to 10. Yeah. Um, Did you notice? I don't ever remember them going back to Ford Field after the turnaround started. They just kept showing the San Francisco fans, but they showed the scene in Ford Ford Field while they were building that big lead. Uh, It was just, I, I thought both were excellent games. So much to talk about, um, but I, I thought Campbell blew it. Old kneecap. Just because he was a go-for-it guy during the season doesn't mean he has to do that under any circumstance. And here's the real kicker. Here's the real kicker. At the end of the first half, he was fourth and goal from the three. So if you're Mr. Go-for-it, 
or fourth and three from wherever they were, inside the 10, something. No, I think it was fourth and goal. Whatever it was, why not go for it there if you're Mr. Go For It, if you're there to win at all costs, if you're there to go on fourth and three or less no matter what. Put the dagger in him right then. No, he went for a field goal. And which he should, which he should have at that point. Absolutely. Because it's fourth and three. So yeah. what what is he doing? He made a terrible mistake is what he did. Yeah, he did. He got to have to live with it. And it changed everything. And I'm not even sure I understand the analytics here. I, I don't understand. Well, did you read the ESPN story that yeah. said it was like slightly better? You know, it wasn't an overwhelming decision. It was like you have a 98% chance of winning if you kick at 98.2% if you go for it. It was like close like that. Um, Somebody's going to have to sit down and talk to me like I'm five and explain to me how even on deep analytics, your percentage of winning is better. If you go for it there, first of all, there's the risk of not getting the first down. Considering, by the way, that it's fourth and two. The fourth and three was later. It's fourth and two. It ain't fourth and inches. Then you have to go in and score a touchdown to make it worthwhile, although I suppose you also make it a closer field goal if you convert and then stall. How is that a higher percentage to win the game than going for a 45-yard field goal, which I would say is an 80 to 90% chance, probably 90% chance to make it. Especially on a nice day like that. And increasing your lead from two scores to three. From two scores to three. And by the way, conventional scoring even if they get three scores, <clears throat> two touchdowns, extra points, and a field goal, it, you, still, you still have a tie game. You still have a, a, a very good chance to win. How is that analytically superior? How does your percentage go up there to win compared to just simply changing the mathematics of the game from two scores to three scores? I, I don't understand that at all. No, no nor do I. And that's why, uh, you know, Campbell's getting lambasted today. Um, I, You know, I, his team rallied around him. Oh, he's done this. We needed to execute. Blah, blah, blah. He let them down, and he let his city down, as far as I'm concerned. He let his emotions get the best of him. And I thought back to another decision that he made that was completely insane. Because all anybody talked about coming out of that Dallas-Detroit game was the ineligible, eligible lineman yeah, reporting, so much right? Fool people, right? So that's fine. That didn't work. He still went for it after that. Was that a five-yard or a 10-yard penalty? Either way. I don't know. Either way, you go for the two-point conversion from the eight-yard line or further back than that. What are you doing? You obviously kick there and force the game to overtime. He went overboard with the, you know. I'm going for it. We're the Lions. Nobody believes in us. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to go for it at every opportunity. No, you you blew that game, and you just cost yourself a team, a chance, your your team a chance to go to the Super Bowl by going way overboard with that crap. Way overboard. Way overboard. If it wasn't the chance to go from a two-score to a three-score game, I would have been way more for it, but that, I, yes, I don't understand. With a quarter Explain and a to half. Me. Yeah. Because that, you know, it deflates the 49ers because they know now we got to score three times. And go the whole field to do it. Instead of, we only have to score twice to get into a tie now. You could just feel it, man. You could feel 
the momentum change. Now, you could argue it changed just as much or more on the lucky bounce that Ayuk got. I get that. But again, it was just first and 10 there. Um, I There's a pretty good chance they would have driven down the field anyway. That call changed the game. Ah, uh, Detroit. Now, how, you know, we talked about this on Friday, Joe, about the agony of defeat yeah. when you get that close. Yeah. I didn't realize, uh, and I heard him say it on, I don't know if it was Olsen or, uh, that said they're the only one team that's been around for all 58 Super Bowls that have never gotten there. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland was out of touch, out of uh, the league for what, five years, four years. Right. Uh, the, the other teams, Jacksonville came in late. Houston came in late. The Lions are the only team that has been now 0 for 58, and they came that close to it. That's not good, and 0 for 58. 0 the for analytics 50 say that's not good. And they they could have won that game yesterday. I just I, I just wonder how that city... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Are, are they looking at it, man, what a year it was? You know, or They have to be devastated. They have to be devastated. If you lose, I was watching Good Morning Football. Kyle Brandt was talking about one of his buddies from Detroit. Texted him, couldn't we just lose normally? Couldn't we lose? Yeah, you go normally. to San Francisco and yeah, play McCaffrey scores two touchdowns yeah. and you lose 17 16. Sure. You know, you, you, you say, okay, the better team won. This game was won. They were the better team. They were dominating the game and had a chance to again make it a three score game, but that wasn't it. You said you didn't like the fourth and, uh, was it a fourth and three from the San Francisco 30 with 738? I think you tie the game there, right? Yes, that, that yes you do because it's fourth and three. Did you see the kicker on the sidelines? No, I didn't. <laughs> he was mumbling to himself, like, "What are we doing?" He looked like Boswell. When yeah, Tomlin I was just going to say Boswell. Yeah. Remember when he walked off the field? Yeah. Uh, no, you tie the game there, and then then what happens? And it, you know this is an invariable going to happen. San Francisco gets a touchdown. So yeah. now instead of being up seven, when you have a chance to tie, all of a sudden now you're down ten. Down, you're down ten, and I thought. Behind the first fourth down attempt, Campbell's worst mismanagement was down the stretch. What are you doing? You're trading 20 seconds for a timeout at the end? What is he doing, Ron? There's a minute left or so in the game. They have a third and goal from the one, and they call, he allows them to call a running play, which is ridiculous. You can't call a running play there. Olsen was right because 
Time is your enemy there. Right, right. If you don't make it, you're screwed pretty much. So they don't make it, and he burns a timeout. As soon as you burn that timeout, that means you have to try an onside kick. You have to then. Because otherwise, if you just kick off, San Francisco runs out the clock. And what did they say? Two out of 20-some or 40-some successful onside kicks. You know it can't work. Although that ball bounced a ways on the onside kick. But the guy touched it, so it was a penalty. Oh, okay. He touched it before 10 yards. Okay. I mean, it looked good on TV. Yeah, I thought they had But the bottom line is he traded. What you need to do after your guy gets stopped on third and one is get to the line. First of all, you you would have needed to have a couple plays called, but get to the line and run your next play or kick a field goal. One of the two. So you have three timeouts. So you can kick off. And a chance to get the ball back. And a chance to get the ball back. He forfeited his chance to get the ball back via timeouts by A, running the ball on third down and B, calling a timeout. Horrendous, horrendous game management. He had a bad day. Answer me this one, Ron. Does it cross your mind, because it crosses my mind a lot late in games, and it did in both games yesterday, in both games, you're down two scores. Time is running. We're under two minutes or right around there. And you cross midfield. You're down 10. I think 10 in both cases. Yeah, Baltimore kicked the field goal to make it seven. Does it ever occur to you, just get down around the 30 and kick the field goal now? Because and then and then try to stop him and go for a touchdown. I think teams fall in love with the idea of getting the touchdown now at the expense of wasting all their time. And at that point in the game, you have two enemies, the score and the time. And I'm not sure that I would prioritize the first over the second. And especially when you got Justin Tucker, who you don't have to get. You get to the 35, he's got a chance to make it. Yeah, I mean, get there and kick it. Maybe a little a little um, further of an advance. But get there and kick it and then go for the stop and get the ball back. To me, the, the prize, the prize in all of that when you're attempting a, a, a desperate comeback is to somehow get the ball back down by a score, touchdown or field goal, with, with a little bit of time left. That's the battle you're trying to win. And I think that these teams fall in love with, oh, my God, we're inside the 30 now. we got to go for the touchdown now. At what they, expense? And then they score, and there's like no time left. At, yes, at what expense? That's my question. 412-928-9370. What did you make of Dan Campbell? Did you hear him after the game, Ron? I did not. I read his quotes, but I didn't. Did see you read it. the part about? I don't know. For you, never know if you'll get back here. Uh, he the, said. You don't. He I said guess. this is going to only get tougher with our division. Everyone's going to be now. Everybody's going to be loaded up for us because of where we got this year. Absolutely. This is only going to get tougher. I thought it was an interesting post-game message. I, I told you, you know, Dan Marino made the Super Bowl his second season in the league. Yeah. Oh, he'll get back many times. He's one of the greatest of all time. Right. Never got back. Aaron Rodgers, how many MVPs has he won? Four? Yeah. Went to one. Won it. Never got back. Barry Sanders sitting in the crowd yesterday. I saw that. You see that the pregame captains, Montana and Sanders. A little bit of uh, great playing there, huh? How awkward was it after the game when Michael Strahan hands Montana the NFC Championship trophy and then ignores him and Montana's 
Where did Montana come from? Why does he get the trophy first draw? I don't know. Is he still quarterbacking you know, I, them? The one year Joe Namath presented it to somebody. I, I, I don't know what their protocol is for that. I thought it went maybe to the team owner first, or maybe well, to— Well, I think it was—didn't didn't Montana present it to the team owner or not? He did, yes. But for a while, he was Namath just standing there. presented it to somebody. You know, they gave it to Namath first. I don't know. I, I don't, again, I don't it know what put Montana in a very awkward situation where he's just standing there for what felt like five minutes, <laughs> just holding this trophy. And then he handed it off and he didn't fumble, Ron. He didn't no fumble, fumble there. No fumble. What a disaster for the Lions. I wanted the Lions to win so bad. Their uniforms were incredible yesterday, too, Ron, weren't they? The blue and the silver on the white. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were pounding the 49ers. Pounding them into oblivion. Do you put it up well, there with they, 28-3? They, uh, yeah, I do. And But they they made their fans happy in one way. They got the gift touchdown at the end to cover. That's and, uh, true. Uh, you know, that eases their fans' pain a little bit. Some of them anyway, yeah, maybe a lot of them. Yeah, it was 28-3, um, but that's Brady. Um, is it as bad? Was this as bad as 28-3 in the Super Bowl? Falcons, yeah, Patriots. 25 points, yeah. I would say definitely. I was at that Super Bowl. I'm not going to put it up there. I'm, I'm going to still say the Super Bowl was worse because at least you're in neutral territory. Plus, you went up 28-3 in the second half. I can, still like you see, were, I can still see Brady on his belly looking up at the guy returning the pick six. Right. And the headline on it, Patriots dynasty ends or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was you're into the second half then, and you go up 28-3. So I can't rank this one with that one, but it was a meltdown of well, epic proportions. should have been up 17 with a quarter and a half to go. Yeah. And and then you make Brock Purdy, who looked awfully shaky to me, awfully shaky. You make him go the length of the field under all that pressure. Instead, you have a momentum change. Then he gets lucky. And then you know what? In the second half, he was very good. He was 13 of 16. He got some players around him, too, doesn't he? Yeah. That Samuel is really None of those really helped him, good. though, when he was scrambling for no. 55 yeah, yards. Yeah, I know. I know. And he got McCaffrey. Who, yeah. All he does is score And Mahomes has Kelsey. I mean, yep. you know. Yep. He does have players around him, but I thought he played a really good second half. I, I did, too. 13 of 16 for 174, and he had those scrambles that were worth around 50 yards or so when he took off three different times and played well, but they had him on the ropes. They had them on the ropes. They had the game. 9-2-8-93-70. What did you think of Mr. Kneecap himself? And he did a hell of a job with that team this year. He did. He just got wrapped up in the emotions, the same as the Dallas game. And that was the forgotten part of that game was after the penalty sets them back in that Dallas game he still went for two. And that that's just emotion. That's being either ticked off or distracted this by what, what just happened instead of managing do. the game. This is what we do. We always go for it. Sometimes you shouldn't always go for it. Nelly has a soundbite. Please, Nelly. So this is him basically defending his decision after the uh, after the game. It's tough. There's questions. Dan, you, um, you had two fourth-down decisions that were critical in the, the second half, and neither one was... Two fourth-down decisions that were critical in the second half, neither yeah. one was converted. Yeah. Um, you know, 
particularly the second one, why why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit? Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Sounds like he was going to cry. I love that guy. However, he's very, uh, he wears this emotion on his sleeve, but he blew it, Joe. He blew it. He butchered the game. You guys man. can't see it, but in that press conference, when the reporter is asking him the question, he's staring at the podium and then he kind of just shakes his head and just like gets back into it. Like he was not yeah, he paying looked, attention. He, he, he looked like way, he was going to cry. Yeah, I think his greatest strength wound up being his weakness in this game, and that is, you know, emotion, pure emotion. And he, he and I, I realized the dude dropped the ball. In fact, Reynolds dropped two balls. Yes, he did. But that's what can happen when you go for it. Right. You know, it would have been a pretty good catch. It was a little behind him, right? Yeah, I mean, it was almost in the only spot that Goff could really put that ball because the guy was covered, but he should have caught it. But that, that's the problem is that you're asking for execution on that play, and sometimes it's going to be a tough play, instead of just taking what they're giving you and the amount of difference between two scores and three. The Niners would have needed three just, scores in 22 minutes without the Lions scoring at all, it's right? It's just deflating. Yeah, you could feel it. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.